All right, welcome back and thanks for joining. I am Deepak Chona with SportsMed Analytics. Hit us up on Instagram at SportsMed Analytics and Twitter at SportMD Analysis. Tons to talk about today, so we will dive right in with your Saturday morning injury report before week five. Starting with C.D. Lamb. A midweek addition to the injury report is far from ideal, but Lamb does look very likely to play. He has a mild groin strain that causes about a 10% performance dip. The more concerning aspect is really the about 20% rate of worsening the injury. We're not expecting any major limitations from Lamb, but the injury, in addition to the matchup against Jalen Ramsey, is going to have me avoiding him for DFS this week. Next up, Tyree Kill. Now, he could still go either way, but we would lean towards Hill playing. The average quad strain comes with a temporary performance dip, usually around 20%, but based on his return to practice timeline, this one does sound like it's on the milder end of the spectrum. As a season-long Hill owner, I'm still planning to play him, but I would probably be looking elsewhere in DFS this week. Next up, Jalen Waddle. He's been battling a mild groin strain as well, similar to C.D. Lamb. The Sportsman Analytics project him likely playing at about 85% capacity. That re-injury rate for him is near 20%. Again, the season-long owners, Dolphins fans, got to keep your fingers crossed that he avoids that outcome. And he's still a true game-time decision, but he was dealing with this last week too, and we would lean towards him playing again in week five. Next up, Michael Thomas. A little less optimistic on the outlook here. Turf toe averages three to four weeks for wide receivers. The Saints haven't really given us any indication of severity yet, but one, the fact that he hasn't practiced in two weeks, and two, the fact that he's been treated without surgery, together imply a moderate severity injury. Unfortunately, there is a performance dip with these ones. It can linger even three to four weeks beyond that return timeline that we mentioned. So Michael Thomas may be dealing with this for a little while. Next is Alvin Kamara. Now, the Sportsman Analytics project Kamara back to his baseline as far as per play production and usage rate. And that's great news for owners, obviously. But a hit to the affected area could aggravate this issue, which may be why he missed last week. Usually what we see here is a rapidly improving trajectory with these rib injuries, and you can look no further than Justin Herbert, week three versus week four, his stat line for reference on how these things recover. Alvin Kamara may be a DFS value right now. Next, Jonathan Taylor, not really surprising that he missed the Thursday night game given that they had a short week. These mild ankle sprains do average one missed game, so we lean towards him playing week six. Per play production, not generally hugely affected, But the thing is that historical data suggests his backups are likely to get increased touches and he's likely to get decreased usage as a result of the injury. Kyle Pitts. Now, he's probably got a mild hamstring strain. These average two to three weeks. We'd lean towards the lower end of that range for Pitts based on one, his young age and two, the comments from the Falcons. Production impact is relatively low as players return to about 90% of their previous levels when they come back but they do carry about a 20% re-injury risk for that first few weeks back. Next is Mac Jones. He had a severe high ankle sprain. These average four to six weeks for position players. Quarterbacks can hustle back in a two to four. Expect Jones out week five, possible return in week six. Data still indicates the most likely return date is week seven here. J.K. Dobbins. He got about 50% snap rate last week. That's definitely progress for Dobbins, and we do like to see that he's returned to full practices afterwards. It indicates there's no real setback. Now, the typical ramp-up in workload 
takes four weeks for running backs coming off of multi-ligament knee surgery. So we're expecting those training wheels to come off around week seven. Dobbins himself should look progressively more explosive, even going up to about week 10. Next, Amon Ross St. Brown, a true game time decision this week. We'd slightly lean towards him sitting. Now, if he plays, we'd expect less than his typical production. Ankles don't tend to affect wide receivers on a per play basis, but data suggests they see fewer snaps and targets when dealing with sprains that knocked them out of practice for almost two full weeks. Next, DeAndre Swift. He's out this week, but luckily that's not a setback. He has very likely an AC joint sprain in his shoulder. Those average two to four missed games, but luckily they don't cause much performance impact when running backs return. Expecting him back near full strength around week seven. Next, Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins. Very likely playing. Wide receivers usually play through ankle sprains without much of a noticeable performance impact. The key is the re-injury risk is kind of real. And that's probably why we haven't seen a whole lot of production out of Gabe Davis Davis recently. But the short-term impact for Higgins, if he avoids a re-injury, shouldn't be too high. Next, we have Rashad Bateman, likely out this week. Midfoot sprains average two to three weeks for wide receivers. Luckily, when they do return, not much performance dip is expected. So we'll hope to see Bateman return to limited practice next week, though there's potential for this to linger about a week beyond that. Next, Marquise Brown. Now, Kyler Murray's been struggling a little bit, but it does look like Marquise Brown is finally past this foot injury. He has logged a full practice to close out the week. We consider him a full go, no noticeable performance impact going into this this weekend. Next is Michael Gallup. Now, his snap count was relatively high, actually, considering that he's only eight months out from ACL surgery and he logged about two-thirds of his team's snaps but his performance was pretty much in line with what we project based on the analytics. We should expect a progressively more solid player as the season goes on, but his 90% explosiveness mark isn't projected to arrive until late November, early December. So in the meantime, we'd expect him to produce like a skilled player with good role, but significant explosiveness limitations for the moment. Next up is his teammate Dalton Schultz. He's back on the field without practice limitations, But data projects another two to four weeks of limited production before the knee feels good enough to play like his pre-injury self. Cowboys fans, unfortunately, are all too familiar with PCL injuries from Zeke Elliott last year. You saw, if you notice, a temporary dip in his performance and then his usage rate and his per play efficiency did climb back up. So we're expecting similar outcomes from Schultz. Dak Prescott. Now, the average quarterback return timeline takes five to six weeks. It wouldn't be crazy unreasonable to see Dak on the field with some mild limitations next week. The most common outcome would still be week seven, but given the Cowboys culture and historically, they are pretty aggressive about returning players on the early side. Now, grip strength and with that full return to pre-injury performance generally recovers in about eight weeks. So we'd expect Dak... Prescott to look like his full strength self after their week nine bye. Next up, Chris Godwin. Godwin's usage rate should remain high despite the scare he had during last week's game. By early to mid-November, the Sportsman Analytics project Godwin to look like a top 15 to 20 wide receiver production. Again, remember he had that ACL, then he had that setback when he came back week one with a hamstring. We're looking at Godwin as a promising buy low candidate for any owners who are not following this podcast next up brian robinson 
Looks like he's like looks like he's ready to make his debut only about five weeks after getting shot. And just as a human, we do love to see this. Luckily, it does sound like the areas he got hit were mostly large muscle groups like the glute, the thigh, and those areas recover quickly because they have good blood supply. Because they're big, the overall strength and explosiveness impact should be relatively mild. Expect Robinson to look like 85 to 90% of his pre-injury self, although we don't really know how the commanders plan to actually utilize him. Next is his teammate Jahan Dotson, promising start to his rookie campaign, but a moderate hamstring strain has kept him out of practice this week. Average timeline takes wide receivers three weeks. The most common outcome would be a return in week seven, but there is a, an outside chance he could beat that by about a game. Wide receivers tend to return at about 90% of their prior explosiveness without much lag in productivity. But then our next guy, Keenan Allen, is the cautionary tale on wide receiver hamstrings. And that's because he re-aggravated a prior hamstring strain late last week. Now, this is bad news, as it usually means about four weeks, sometimes up to six, of recovery. We would look for Allen to return to practice leading up to about week seven or eight. Performance impacts generally would linger about two weeks after that. And the re-injury risk for the rest of the season is still going to be relatively high. But he's potentially a buy-low candidate if you have the patience and slight risk tolerance to just stash him until week 10 to 12. Next, David Montgomery. He's a true game-time decision. We'd avoid starting Montgomery either way in season-long or DFS formats. For one, the Bears have Khalil Herbert, who looks pretty good. Justin Fields may get some of that running touches as well. They haven't given us a lot of information about his actual diagnosis to work with, but the fact that they initially listed both knee and ankle potentially suggests a high ankle sprain. And even when mild, these do tend to average about two weeks for running backs. Montgomery is about a week and a half in. As a result, if he plays, we'd expect per play production and total usage rate to both take a temporary hit. Next is Hayden Hurst, Titan tight end for the Bengals. He could still go either way. We would lean towards him playing. The analytics on him report a 10% performance dip and a 20% re-injury risk. And then next up, Gerald Everett. Now, he is very likely to play despite his hamstring issue. Very minimal performance impact is really expected here. So the overall good news for Justin Herbert. Any more questions, do not hesitate to ask and hit us up on Twitter at SportMDAnalysis, Instagram at SportsMedAnalytics for more content and real-time updates. Until the meantime, until the next time, Deepak Shona signing off.